Well, welcome everybody to our weekly discussion podcast. I am Pastor Kyle. And I am Pastor Holly. And we just want to welcome you and thank you for listening. And uh, Pastor Holly, I so enjoy our conversations each week. They just fly by. Yes, they do. Very fun. Yes, yeah. it's really great. Well, today we uh, we are at the beginning of March. I feel like 2021 yeah. is flying by. Uh, it is flying by. Yeah, yeah, that's wow. Unbelievable. Spring is on the way. Oh, spring. I mean, I like spring and I don't like spring. I don't even understand your your perspective on <laughs> sunshine and warmth, but you know, I that's like all right. Cold and rain. Yeah, <laughs> no judgment here. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of cold and rain, that's going to fit well with our topic today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We <laughs> we have been in a series on the uh, Sermon on the Mount mm-hmm. uh, in Matthew chapter 5 through 7. And what we're doing this week is we're kind of rewinding a little bit. We're a little bit further along in chapter 5. But for this week specifically, we're going to rewind and talk about one of the Beatitudes from the very beginning mm-hmm. of the chapter. So we're going to talk about um, Matthew 5 verse 4. Mm-hmm. And it says... God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Hmm. And so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that today. And uh, I'm really excited. Uh, we have a guest with us today yeah. to help us talk about that. Pastor Ryan Wilson is the lead pastor of Tenasket Free Methodist Church, is joining us today to to talk with us. Hi, Pastor Ryan. Hey, it's so good to be with you today. We're uh, over here on the east side of the mountains. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're really, uh, really thankful for you being willing to join us. Pastor Ryan and I are, are good friends, and, and we often talk about uh, lots of different things. And so um, we invited Pastor Ryan to be part of this conversation because he had a pretty in- incredible uh, insight into this and has some really yeah. great stories to share with us today, too. As good. Well, so. Glad you're here, Ryan. Thanks for being here. Hey, good to be with you. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about this idea of mourning together. Uh, I thought it was important for us to kind of rewind our series and talk a little bit together um, because today for our church is a pretty significant day yeah. in that we're resuming in-person services again. Yeah. And we're really, really excited about that. Pastor Ryan, your church has been doing in-person services for some time over uh, on the east side. Um, but for all of us, I think it's important for us to recognize just a, uh, this sense of mourning that mm-hmm. we have all collectively had to some degree over this past year. Yeah, there, I mean, there's been a lot to to mourn, right? Of course, we've been in this pandemic for uh, a year now. I know that not too long ago we passed that really uh, uh, sorrowful uh, milestone of 500,000 yeah. deaths in our country from uh, COVID, and then, uh, but on top of the the mourning for that, uh, we've all lost the sense of normalcy, right? Mm-hmm. We've lost uh, connection with people. We've there's just been a tremendous amount of yeah. of, uh, of things to mourn in the yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, I think there's this individual sense of of mourning. Mm-hmm. There's a couple levels to this mourning, which will the, this idea of mourning, which we'll talk about. Then there's this collective mourning that we've all had, which, yeah. which I think maybe to for some people has been kind of uh, surprising. Uh, yeah, you know, I I think you're so right. There's so much that we have mourned over this last year, and you know, uh, our church, I'm sure your church, a few days ago, we um, participated in Ash Wednesday, and we acknowledged that this has been a year of ashes. Mm. I mean, damage all over the place with families, um, relationships, political divide. 
um, uh, ashes uh, concerning um, issues of race in, in America. And so uh, we have definitely mourned over those things. And there's a sense in which we continue to mourn. But I love the fact that, you know, in Genesis where it says ashes to ashes or dust to dust. We're made from dust and we return to dust. But there's this aspect that we remember that Jesus breathed life into the first humans, right? Mm, And so in between all of the mourning and the ashes and the dust, God brings life and he breathes life into each and every one of us. And so as we gather again in churches, again, we celebrate Right. This yeah. this yeah. amazing fact that God brings new life. Yeah. So that's really, really good. In fact, uh, you know, Pastor Ryan, the it was a couple of weeks ago, I think we were talking about this, and, and you mentioned this insight into the story of Peter, uh, which we'll talk about. We talk about it in our sermon, mm-hmm. uh, but wanna we'll, we'll come to that in just a moment or two, which is in, an incredible picture of how God uh does what he says here in, in this beatitude that he comforts those who mourn. And I think, as you're saying, Pastor Ryan, uh, it's good for all of us to remember, we want to acknowledge mourning, mm-hmm. and that, that we uh, need to do that, that there are things to mourn over. But we also need to recognize that God is a God who comforts, in really significant ways, those of us who mourn. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not an artificial comfort. It's not just glossing over right. our grief and our sorrow and our mourning. It is a, a, a real, a, a, an authentic comforting. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So the, so the first level of mourning here, um, the word that Jesus used for mourning here in Matthew 5, verse 4, it means to deeply experience sorrow, to be sad, to lament, to grieve, to cry out, and to weep, or some translations say to weep bitterly. Mm. Uh, and and this is the first level, the kind of uh, the theological level here is that we do those things over the the sin in our life or anything that separates us from relationship from the heart of God. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, it's this we we cry out to God over our spiritual poverty that that we do not have within ourselves what's needed. Uh, to save ourselves, right. uh, but that we need God's help. So recognizing that that's our state, there's a, we mourn over that and it, we cry out to God. Absolutely. Uh, you know, there, I don't know about you, but there's times in my life where I've grieved and mourned over my sin, specifically in this last year. Obviously, I've grieved and mourned over a lot of the loss um, yeah. of, of, of things. But personally, in my own life, there are some things I've grieved over, mourned over. Um, you know, Kyle, that I have two adopted boys from Malawi, the country of Malawi. We served there as missionaries for seven years. And uh, over this past year and uh, longer, they have experienced um, some racism. Our, our whole family has experienced that. And yeah. uh, we have grieved over that and lamented uh, to God uh, over that. And um, wow, what a difficult thing that is to to navigate um uh, but as we do that there is this sense as we go to god with our grief and uh the sin of racism um as we just press into the lord there is this truth there is this hope 
that we are comforted, that he yeah. does bring comfort in the midst of grief and, and sorrow. Yeah. 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 Wow. I, I love that. And I, um, I just want to say how uh, sorry I am that that's been the ex- your experience in your family uh, yeah. this last year, Pastor Ryan. That's so difficult. And, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, emotion, a lot of experiences that come along with uh, experiences like that. Pastor Kyle, you and I last week talked about anger and when is it appropriate? Yeah. And, and, uh, and I think that's appropriate, you know, in, in this experience you've just described Pastor Ryan as well, but the mourning, the lamenting, the sadness and the sorrow is, um, such a, such a, a, a real experience. It can be hard to know how to, uh, it can be hard to know how to navigate that, yeah. um, and yeah, I appreciate you sharing that um, that personal experience with us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it brings up a good question, which it seems like it's maybe it's a question that's obvious for for those of us who follow Jesus. But can God handle our mourning? Yeah. Can God handle any of those emotions which we might think of as negative, mm-hmm. um, which we tend to keep to ourselves, away from other people, uh, often not you know feeling either comfortable. Um, sharing those things or some some of the deeper kind of aspects of that. Can yeah. God handle that? Right. Yeah. That's a that's a, a significant question, and um, and I think one that we all struggle with here. There's uh, there are references in the references in the Bible to people uh, wrestling with God, yes. and and I feel like that is um, you know sometimes a response to a mourning or to any uh, experience that we feel is is negative, as you said. Can yeah. God handle it? How will God handle yes. it? Even when we believe that He can, uh, do we believe that He'll He'll comfort us as a uh, as a father would? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Can God handle that? And I think we do see, as Holly you referenced, that God can, and He does. We've all experienced it. I think some of us uh, that comfort in the in the midst of that lamenting. Um, I know that I experienced something very profound in the midst of grief and mourning over loss when we served as missionaries in Malawi. Our colleague was killed in a car accident. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to this really small district hospital, uh, what you would consider out in the middle of nowhere, in the bush of Africa, perhaps. And standing there in this parking lot waiting for his wife to arrive, where I then would have to share this news with her that her husband was killed. And I remember standing there just uh, for a few moments, just feeling kind of alone. I had a friend with me who was a, a Lutheran pastor, and I said, what do I do? What do I say? And he just said, may God's grace and peace be on you. And in that moment, I felt the comfort of God. And I felt strengthened by God as I uh, cried out uh, for exactly what to do and and what to say. Um, And it's those moments where you are like that, where you are desperate, right? The first beatitude is blessed are the poor in spirit. Those who are destitute, poor, dependent on God is where you feel him the most. I mean, that is the reality and that is the blessing, right? The, 
the the joy-filled wife life walking in the kingdom of God we feel in those moments. Yeah. Um, and I think that's exactly what Peter was feeling mm-hmm. um, in that moment. Uh, uh, after Jesus rose from the dead, maybe you want yeah. to speak to that yeah, a little let's, bit more. Let's go to that yeah. uh, because so I love the the where where this conversation is going. So. Yeah, I mean, we see from all the way from the Old Testament specific examples of of humans crying out to God and and saying, "God, life is horrible right now, yeah. and I need you. We need you." Um, and so we see mourning and suffering. We see that God can handle that um, in the most difficult moments of life, from the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament. And there's this incredible uh, uh, scene with Peter. And I, and I just want to encourage you, um, if you're listening to the podcast and haven't listened to our weekly message, go uh, go watch that because I include some pictures and some videos from the very places where this happened, which is really fun to watch. And I think you kind of uh, it, it brings you further into the story. But so uh, Peter, after Jesus is arrested, he's put on trial. Um, uh, we find this scene of Peter in the courtyard outside of Caiaphas's house. Caiaphas was the high priest at that time. And uh, Peter, you find this, we find this in Mark uh, chapter 14. So Peter, uh, in this courtyard, there's a number of people that say, hey, weren't you one of Jesus' followers? And Peter denies it. He says, I didn't even know the guy, right? And Peter's walked around with him for three years. Right. Uh, um, and so... Uh, so that happens three times, and then in um, verse 72 of Mark 14, we read this. It says, Suddenly Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times that you even knew me. Mm. And then it says these words, And he, that is Peter, broke down and wept. And some translations say that he wept bitterly. And this is the very same concept that Jesus is talking about in this beatitude. It's it's it says that Peter mourned. And I think that he mourns on both of these levels that we've been talking about. Number 1, this these actions that separate him from the heart of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And two, this deeply uh felt sense of loss yeah. that he's completely betrayed his closest friend. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, so, yeah, he feels probably isolated, yeah. separated yeah. from God, like many of us feel uh, when we have turned our back on God. I, I think we can all identify. Uh, that's what I love about this encounter in the courtyard. Yeah, because we've all had those courtyard experiences. Yeah, yeah that's, yep. And then a couple of chapters later, there's this fascinating moment, which I hadn't thought about in this way before, Pastor Ryan, we talked about it. Uh, so Mark 16, Jesus has been crucified. Uh, and this is the story of his resurrection. And so we have uh, three women that go to the tomb uh, uh, to to put spices on Jesus. As far as they know, Jesus is crucified, dead, and buried. Right. And so we find this, and I'm going to read this chapter in verses 5 through 7. It says, The women were shocked because they found the tomb. They found the, the stone rolled away. The tomb was empty. Um, and they had this conversation with this angel. It says, the women were shocked, but the angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where his body lay. Now go tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. 
And I don't know if you heard that, but it says, go tell the disciples, comma, including Peter. Right. Well, it's just amazing because, you know, Peter is one of these disciples. And so uh, you wonder, why does Jesus say, hey, go tell the disciples and Peter? Is Peter not a disciple anymore? I mean, what? I mean, did he do something so bad? that he's just no longer a disciple. No, I don't, I don't think that's the case. No. Um, I, I think this is such a gracious response of Jesus here. Uh, loving response of Jesus, you know, perhaps as Jesus saying, uh, Hey, uh, go tell Peter about this. Cause it, it it's, we're, we're okay now together you're you're mm-hmm. okay you're yeah. gonna be okay yeah. you're going to make it here I, I still love you you know yeah. it's just such a great response it yeah it, i mean it if you think about the moment that humanity is realizing what jesus has done yeah it's the lord of lords the the king of kings uh, raised from life. It's the first time they're hearing of this. And the angel takes the time to say, hold on in the midst of all of this, make sure you tell Peter. Yeah. And it's incredible. I I read a lot about this, this last week. And, um, you know, one of the best uh, phrases from, from, uh, one of the commentaries I read is that, um, that it was God's hunting of Peter's broken heart to renew, redeem, and restore this person who felt totally separated in the midst of his mourning. Comfort to you, Peter, in this unbelievable moment. It's so good. It's almost like in that moment, Jesus is breathing new life into his nostrils. Yes. Incredible. Like he did in Genesis. Amazing. Amazing. So, 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 so the question for us, this this realization is if God will do that in that moment for someone like Peter. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a visual um, image of him keeping this promise. Promise, um, God blesses those who mourn; they will be comforted. Look at what God did for Peter; wow. he can do that for us. Absolutely amazing! Wow, what an incredible moment of restoration. Yeah. Peter had turned his back yeah. on Jesus, and then he's restored. Uh, uh, just completely uh, pointed out, as you said, this greatest moment in history. We sing about this, right? Yeah. The greatest day in history, and and Peter is pointed to and said, including you, you are yeah. you are included. Amazing. It's and it's just incredible. So, I th- I mean, this is just it's it's this aha moment, you know, for a lot of us in terms of how it works with mourning, because um, you know, because it, Peter is described in in Matthew fourteen as in that state of mourning, and then yeah. he's redeemed and restored. So I think part of that's what happens when God comforts is He redeems and He restores, um, and it doesn't mean that the experiences that we've had, uh, the difficulty of those losses that we've experienced. Right. Won't necessarily go away right away, but but we have this peace that that uh, that's offered through God that we don't understand how it works. We but we experience God's peace. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much hope and blessing in the way of of the kingdom and walking with Jesus. Yeah. here. So, and so, Peter experiences that, and and uh, we do too as we seek to walk the way of the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. So, Pastor Holly and Pastor yeah. Ryan. Um, we always want to end our time together with some really practical tips about how to deal with what we're talking about. So uh, 
let's talk about some practical tips that we can maybe suggest for people in terms of how to deal with mourning in their life. Uh, For some of us, we're in the midst of that right now in a very difficult season. Mm -hmm. So uh, what are some things that that we can do uh, to deal with and process our mourning? Well, I really like this quote that I recently read by Henry Nouwen. And it really kind of focuses our time leading up to this resurrection. So it's, I think it's perfect for a conversation like this, but he said, Lent is a time of returning to God. Mm. And I, I think that's the first step, right? Uh, is just to focus our attention during this time leading up to uh, the resurrection, the hope of the world, uh, returning to God with of our, with our whole hearts, uh, believe in, in the Old Testament is says, rend not your, your garments, but rend your hearts. Give mm. your hearts yeah. to Jesus, yeah. right? So return to God. Um, you know, and he goes on to say, it's a time to confess how we keep looking for joy, peace, and satisfaction in the many people and things surrounding us without really finding what we desire. Only God can give us what we what we need. So we must be reconciled with God. And the season of Lent helps us in a special way to cry out for God's mercy. And so uh, it's this returning to God Um, and Jesus, he returned, right? He returned to us, praise the Lord. And he returned to Peter. And so I would I would just say, let, let focus your attention, uh, especially in these next 40 days of returning to God with your heart. Yeah. Wow. That's really good. So good. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Pastor Holly, you yeah. used this word a bit earlier in our discussion, but I, and, I, and this is kind of what you're getting to as well, Pastor Ryan, um, which I think one of the things that we can do mentally and spiritually uh, is try not to wrestle control away from God. Yeah. And we often like to do that when we feel out of control or we're brokenhearted. We want to just the safety of I'm in control. We kind of just, you know, hunker down. Um, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's, uh, that there's this understanding here in the story of Peter that Peter was restored. Right. Mm-hmm. And we want that restoration and we want that comfort. But the, the reality so often is that uh, we are actively mourning. It's yeah. not necessarily that our time of mourning has ended and now we're comforted. Right. It's that we are actively mourning and God is with us in that moment. You know, one thing that I've noticed over the years, um, I used to work in healthcare, and then mm-hmm. uh, now as a pastor, I've spent a lot of time in ICUs, yeah. uh, in, in hospitals, sitting with people, sitting with families and patients. And, and, and throughout the years, I mean, for the past 20 years, what I have seen over and over and over again is that Jesus lives in ICUs. Yeah. And I have always experience the presence of God mm. there. Um, and it does not mean that the situation's not difficult. If you're in an ICU, you are in a difficult situation yeah. and there is mourning and there is loss and yeah. there's fear. Um, and I've always, always experienced the spirit of God there. And that to me is God's comfort in the midst yeah. of mourning. Yeah. The situation is not resolved and it may not resolve in the way we want, yeah. but God is there. You know, as pastors, we all spend time with people who are hurting and suffering. Yeah. And I think one of the universal experiences for pastors everywhere is this truth that never underestimate the power of presence. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't always have to fix, uh, but if you are um, someone, if you are with someone who's mourning, just being there is significant and right. important. 
Um, and so maybe you have that opportunity to help someone along in their morning by just being there, being a good friend, showing yeah. up, bringing some meals or some flowers or something, you know. Um, another couple of things I think that we can do is if you're in this, if you're in the middle of morning, like Pastor Holly just said, uh, uh, sometimes it's really helpful to identify and articulate those areas, specific areas of mourning in your life. Mm-hmm. So we've been talking about this for, for several weeks in a row. Write things down, journal things, like try to get it down on paper. Sometimes that's really helpful in your emotional and spiritual process to move it from what you're just unsure of uh, is is kind of happening, but, um, but being able to write it down is yeah. helpful. Another thing that we might suggest is find a physical activity that can help you process your mourning and grief. Mm-hmm. So this is like, and so it's like a ritualized behavior, not a ritual in a weird way, right. but maybe something like Ash Wednesday, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or, or some kind of activity that represents your areas of grief. Right. And maybe it's, you go uh, on a prayer walk mm-hmm. out in the woods and you sit down and, and write a story. And that story is that uh, writing that story is like that physical action of representing your mourning and grief and it helps you process or right. maybe you, you paint or maybe you write a song or uh, something like that, some kind of outlet for your ability to process some of those things could be helpful. Yeah, for sure. It could become a rhythm, right? Because yeah. in so many ways, grief is ongoing and it yes. doesn't necessarily end at a particular time. So it, become a, yeah. it can be a rhythm. Yes. Yeah. Well, I just want to say that this has been a great discussion and this has been a heavier discussion, a little heavier than normal. And we recognize that. And so just as we end our time together, we uh, we just want to say that there is hope and comfort in Jesus. Uh, Turn to the Lord in prayer. uh, Dive into the scripture. Uh, I'm going to go drink a lot of coffee. Uh, and (laughs) I love coffee. It helps me process all kinds of things. Yes. And very quickly, the more I drink it. Oh, wow. Okay. And I'm sure so well as too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Pastor Ryan, thank you for being with us today. Yes, thank you. So thankful for your time and your insight. And yeah, you're, you're awesome, man. Yes. Blessings on Crossview as you guys continue to walk the way of the kingdom. Thanks. Thank you. All right, everybody. See you later. See you next week. Bye.